and gentlemen, uh, welcome to uh, this episode of the Corner Store Podcast. We are uh, without our beloved co-host in the building tonight, mm-hmm. Tarmaha Davin, uh, who really wanted to talk to our guest tonight, is mm-hmm. is out on, uh, she's not feeling well, you know, um, and so we're, we, we miss her dearly, and I, I know she was super excited to talk with you, and so uh, is a big fan of our guest's work. Um, our guest tonight is uh, a... a beautiful photographer and art director curator um someone who i think really understands uh the the frame and and i think is challenge challenging what to put in it uh there there's i think that there is a uh center of your work that is about really questioning who should be in the frame and i think arndati roy talked about there's no such thing as the voice of the voiceless there's only the deliberately unheard and I think part of your work is about bringing the margin center and uh, honored to have our guest in the corner store tonight, a photographer, uh, Glenda Lissette. Welcome. Thank you so much for the introduction. Of course. Thank you. Thanks so much for being here. Um, we Max has offered you uh, beverages already yes. this evening. Um, some water. Thank you. Water. Good. Hydrated. And hydrated. Excellent. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, every, every podcast episode that we do is sponsored by uh, Stolen Spirits. And so I'm enjoying uh some whiskey and, and uh ginger ale um nice. but you're good yeah i'm good okay very good uh max in addition though has also gotten you some snacks uh and some gifts so just to begin with um some lays dill pickled flavored potato oh, chips thank you. Um, so i hope you and feel free to enjoy those now if you wish you can share them um you know with with the folks we have here uh also uh he procured you some mini swedish fish which is a fat-free food i didn't know that but it proclaims it wow, on the on you. the bag i'm mini so this is good okay good and then also a hubert's lemonade uh only the best will do original mm. lemonade flavor so you. you know enjoy if you want to add that to your water yeah um but uh glenda thanks so much for for being with us and thank you for being yeah, here thank you for having me excited to have a, a conversation and very curious about where you come from okay yeah um so i kind of have a hard time answering this question because um i've actually moved a lot in my life um but i was born in chicago and i grew up in the chicago suburbs so i lived in marbles park and moved around a lot and then when i was like eight years old i moved to guatemala um and then i lived there for a while moved back over here Lived here for a while, moved to Baltimore, lived in Baltimore for a little bit. Then I moved to Guatemala, back, uh, Guatemala City, and I lived there for a, a few years. And after that, I moved to Phoenix. And after Phoenix, I made myself back over here. <laughs> <laughs> it does not stop. So yeah, the question, of course, is why were y'all moving around so much? And who who is this? Isn't just you solo? No. I imagine as a no. child, <laughs> like no. y'all, I'm ready to go back. But kind of, um, at yeah. certain times I did, um, like when I was in Arizona, I was living without my parents. Yeah. Um. So there were some times, but um, it was mostly at first my mom and dad, and then when I was eight years old, my parents actually got a divorce. Um, and that was in Guatemala. So. After that, it was just me and my mom. Yeah. Yeah. My folks got divorced at eight as well. Oh, okay, cool. My, yeah. And now, do you have siblings? No, I'm an only child. Okay, so it was really you and your yeah, mom. Yeah, it's really lonely. <laughs> All right, so so you went back to Guatemala, though. So you moved, you were in Guatemala when your folks separated yeah, at eight. at eight years old. Is uh, are both parent or is any parent Guatemalan? Who, They're both uh, they're born, both. raised in Guatemala. But so. you were born here. 
I was born here in Chicago. Okay, yeah. first generation. Yeah. Okay. Um, and and they moved once. You remember things about Guatemala? Yeah, being that very young. very vividly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So when I lived there the first time, um, it was really great because we got to live like on this little mountain right across from like all these trees and i had chickens and um my dad used to do like rooster fighting which was kind of wild yeah um actually very, <laughs> yeah very wild. yeah and then um we also had like a little store um that i used to help tend so i would like give alcohol to a bunch of drunk men and have really great conversations and i was eight years old at eight, yes yeah listen, yeah and then my dad also used to like do a lot of um wild shit so he would have like boxing matches and i would get in there and punch boys in the face and then also just like a lot of parties so we you know danced a lot in the community like it was just like a really fun time i have a lot of good memories um obviously like it ended very abruptly and bad but um i still cherish like the good memories i made there but but you so you went with your mom is that when you all came back um so like i went there with my mom and dad when i was eight right but came back like just with my mom right much, yeah. right and so it came up and you, that's when you all came back to mm-hmm. the, the city or the suburbs uh we moved to the suburbs okay. yeah and then and what did moms do what, what did moms do your, your dad was um, involved in all of this uh so my dad and my mom both have had like a lot of different types of jobs Uh, My dad has actually worked at the same factory here since like his whole time since he came here to this country. Um, So he's always worked at the factory, like gotten a lot of injuries there. Like it's a lot of manual labor. What does he do? Um, I'm not quite exactly sure, but I know it's like has to do with building mechanical parts for things. I'm not really sure. Yeah. Um, And my mom has just done like a lot of different types of jobs, like office jobs. You know, there was a while where she was cleaning rich people's homes and worked at car dealerships. Like she's just done a lot of different things to get us ahead. Right. And always trying to like give me the best education that she can. It's incredible the, the your parents grind. Yeah, you know, they like grind. What the, yeah, what they're what they're willing to do. Yeah. In, in order to. Especially have you my be, mom. Yeah, yeah, sounds like it, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you my dad kind of checked out there, but true. But um, yeah, my mom like really was my mom and my dad when I needed her to be. Are you all close, you and your mom? Uh, yeah. Like in high school, we kind of had a rough uh, relationship. We used to fight a lot, but at this point, like we're really good. Yeah. Um, where did you go to hi- high school? Where did you end up um, going to high school? So I went to high school partially in Arizona and then also in Elmhurst. Uh, so it was York High School. Oh yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. I know that school well because yeah. I, I played high school basketball. And oh really? You all had a uh, very big, I think, Christmas tournament, like the York uh, Holiday Classic or some okay. shit like that. But yeah, um, I, I wouldn't know. Fair. I didn't do sports. So, right. So, so what? what who? What kind of kid were you in high school? And mm-hmm. I also imagine that kind of moving around made it difficult to. Maybe I imagine mm-hmm. to have any one consistent group of friends oh, at yeah. least. Yeah, like moving around, like I always had to make new friends and kind of reinvent myself everywhere I went to try to like fit into wherever I was. Right. Um, but was that hard to do yeah, that? Yeah, it was very hard, but I had no choice. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Right. It was your normal, exactly. which makes it then not. I mean, because I mean, mm. that is a normal for many people. But yeah. I imagine like, I mean, I moved around a lot as a kid. Mm-hmm. And so I went to, you know, I had like, I think from the time. My folks split. I lived in like nine to ten different places from like yeah. eight to eighteen Same, or something like yeah. that. 
And so moving place to place, you always have to like meet new folk in the neighborhood mm-hmm. and like meet the like, new bullies, yeah, exactly. dodge everyone. Yeah, it's, it's like <laughs> yeah. yeah. So in in some ways that can be difficult, but if you know how to do it, then you know how to do it too, mm-hmm. right? But in high yeah. school, in high school, what what were the kinds of things that you were you were into? Um, so like. It was kind of hard making a transition from because um, I like went to middle school in Guatemala. So I went to like an all girls like Catholic public school. And then like when I moved to Arizona, it was like a totally different community. And then when I moved back to Elmhurst, I never lived there. But um, when I moved there, it was just totally like cultural shock because like I come from like a lower income background and that community is primarily like wealthy white people so it was kind of like hard to make friends and to feel like i belonged in the community um percentage of latinx folks like none none yeah okay none. and wow, especially yeah. guatemalan which is what i am right like, not no not heavy. Yeah. <laughs> no so um it was kind of lonely and i think like the internet really helped me to like mm. feel a sense of community yeah how so um, i've heard this a lot particularly I, I don't know how old you are um, so I'm 24. Okay. Yeah. 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 So folks, because you, I mean, the internet has been the majority of your life, really. Yeah. Um, so how, in what way did you find a kind of community in the internet? In what spaces or, or how? Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was like 15, I started uploading my work to Flickr.com, which is <laughs> kind of dead nowadays. But at the time, it was like a really big deal. Yeah. Um, and I because Instagram has kind of replaced Flickr in some ways, in right? Some ways for me, yeah. Like as my way of uh, sharing my work, right? But uh, yeah, like Flickr was cool because I got to connect with all types of like uh, photographers and loners and weird kids from across the country. Um, and I actually like ended up making trips to, like Oregon and like just meeting up with like forty strangers I had never met. So like it, it definitely like brought me out of my comfort zone, and like it was just cool to collaborate with like people just from the internet in real life yeah Um, and then it kind of died off because um these companies just get bought out or just get like horrible management and kind of ruin the platforms for artists and then artists just like don't want to post anymore and then they can't really share their work anymore so i've kind of like jumped around from like platform to platform i feel like every time i join a new platform I i work really hard to gain an audience and then like the platform kind of you know murders itself and makes it really difficult to share my work so then i have to start all over again on a new platform and that just keeps going on and on and on and on well i want to i want to talk about platforms and certainly yeah. where you're currently posting but i want to go mm-hmm. back a little because you said yeah. at 15 you're posting to Flickr. so yeah. and, and you're posting your self-portraits like oh, okay that's yeah. when i like really started okay and how, how did that photos. begin i mean how did you how did you get involved in picking up a camera at all mm-hmm. and then i have a question about even the focus on the self, which yeah. is very interesting. But but let's, you know, first, how did you get a camera? Um, So my mom bought me my camera for my birthday. Is that what um, you wanted? Or she's just like, yo. No, I've like, I was like bugging her so long. Cause like when I moved to the States, I really wanted to make art. And like, I decided like, okay, I want to start taking photos because I got really into like documentary photography. So I really wanted like a camera. Well, how did you get into documentary photography? Just from like looking online, like going on like websites and like just looking at photography. Do you remember some of the photographers or pictures of what or? Um, 
you know, I can't really remember yeah, like yeah. any specific photographer or anything. But, but what um, were you looking at? It, I mean, I'm, I'm curious about the, the, you know, the, the frame or the gaze in which you were yeah. perceiving and what I've was influencing I've always taken you. photos, like even when I was a kid, like I took photos on like disposable cameras or like I used to take like cringe selfies from MySpace and then take them into Photoshop and like. You know, starting to plant the idea of, like, photoshopping a lot of things into my photos. So I kind of, like, over time became more interested in photography. Um, and then when I moved to Elmhurst, you know, I had the opportunity to take art classes, which was something I hadn't had the opportunity to do really up to that point. So it was like, okay, I can actually take a photography class and learn some stuff. So I need a camera for this upcoming school year. Like, mom, please, please, please. So she got me like a cheap entry level um, camera, which in what the kind? end, do you remember what kind? it was a Nikon D40. Um, and then I ended up taking a film photography class. So I didn't have enough money for a film camera. And then the teacher had to like let me borrow one. Um, so I got introduced to photography like in two different ways, like one digitally on my own, just like experimenting in Photoshop and then also like learning film photography, like in a darkroom setting, which was very different. <laughs> and why the self-portraits from so early? So early on. Yeah. Um, I think part of it was like loneliness. Um, I didn't really have friends. So like when I first got my camera, like I literally had no friends. So I would just go outside in nature uh, spend time there and take photos and just create scenarios for myself and always adding like a surreal element to my photos like very different than what i was actually experiencing in my life but yeah 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 and that, that, that it's like therapy and these things interesting yeah. and these things stay present in your work now it seems yeah definitely. um are you've invited many other people into the frame and mm -hmm. we could talk about that but that the notion of, of self-portraiture, mm -hmm. of surrealism, uh, your color palette is out incredible, uh, you know, and, and you. so it, it, you see the, a through line then from mm -hmm. then until now in some ways, too. Um, you know, I don't know if you get this often, and I apologize if this is an annoying uh, kind of analogy, but uh, there is something similar about, or akin, I would say, in conversation with the work of Frida Kahlo, mm -hmm. um, self-portraiture, the in obviously different mediums but also like using utilizing techniques of surrealism of color to mm -hmm. also you know lift some of uh what is inside of your frame too yeah i do get that a lot actually. yeah yeah i'm sure um i yeah, apologize I mean, she, for no 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 i understand like although she's why, dope as fuck so yeah she's always fuck she yeah. was like one of my first like heroes and one of the first people that yeah. like really pushed me to like be an artist too so yeah, I mean, that's, that's a compliment. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, certainly. And, yeah. and I, I mean it as such. Um, but so, all right, so from 15 to now, where do you, do you, do you go to school for photography later? Um, uh, yeah, so then I moved um, to the city and I went to University of Illinois in Chicago. Um, and I graduated in 2018. Hey, so congrats. now we're out here. Congrats. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank yeah. You. With yeah. A from, I got a BFA, so Bachelor of Fine Arts. Okay. Um, and art, then, art history department, is that? Uh, no, it's studio arts. Studio arts, like yeah. Fine arts, yep, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and then, yeah, like I primarily did um, video stuff in school, though, like not photography. Okay. So yeah. that was just like what I wanted to do, what interested me. I really wanted to make sure I wasn't just learning the same stuff and I was expanding my art practice into other visual mediums. So, 
we, you know, this this space is mm-hmm. is really for uh, creatives from multiple genres, and we get a good mix of people who are formally trained, who are not formally trained. Uh, I think a lot of our listenership are you know artists or, or you know potential artists who think about what is the next step in their own education and development. Uh, what was that experience like going to you know a formal educational space yeah. to learn how to do video work to enhance your art practice? Um, what what can you say about that that yeah. rigor or that experience? Um, it was hard for me to get to the point of like actually going to school um, because when I was in high school, like I had this idea that I would go to the art institute because everyone told me like, hey, you can do whatever you want, like you can go to any school you want. So I was like, okay, that's the place to go. So I applied and I didn't get in, and that like completely shattered my heart. Oh wow, they're salty um, now though. I yeah, will say that. yeah, and it's also mad. like mad now. I literally didn't understand that I there was no way I could ever afford something like that. So it just doesn't even matter. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. I'm good. Um, and UIC's art programming is, is outstanding. You know, like yeah. they have some really great. Oh yeah, absolutely. Things. So I went to uh, COD, and then mm. like I actually ended up taking a year off of school too because I was like. I was against school like I decided school was not for me like I just wasn't going to get anything out of it and I had so many friends who were like succeeding in the art industry without school so I was like that's what I got to do like I I I hate school um so yeah but then I talked to this professor at COD who was like yo you need to go to UIC like you're way too good like you need to be doing more you need to be dreaming bigger and I was like all right let me look into this I looked into UIC loved the professors there so um, I went and it was a really good and bad experience, you know, like um, as a Guatemalan artist, like obviously there was like a lack of representation completely. Um, any artist that related to like me didn't really exist in that space. Um, so I had to kind of do my own research, uh, find out my own history. Um, but you know what? Like, I, it still helped me a lot. It really enriched my practice. It really pushed me. I don't think I would be able to be making the work I'm making now if I didn't go to school and have people like really push me and challenge me and question what I was doing and force me to answer like questions I didn't want to answer. Um, so did yeah. you move? Did you move to the city? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like part of your work um, in in viewing it is also about a community mm-hmm. um and so i wonder about yeah obviously you have your, your the educational space of uic is mm-hmm. a community but i wonder how you found your way because it seems just from looking at the socials and and mm-hmm. also who is in your, the frame of your work uh that you've developed a community of creatives of artists mm-hmm. of folks who you know help motivate push you to make work uh support your work Mm -hmm. how how, what was your foray into building your own creative supportive artistic community in in chicago it really was uic like i feel like that introduced me um to so many chicago artists um like oscar chavez like he's like a really good friend of mine and i really really love the work that he's making and i think it's completely underrated um but i really relate to like his work um and also honestly like social media has been a way for me to connect with the people in my surroundings in such like magical ways um yeah well let's talk about some of those ways and let's talk about the platforms now that you are excited about finding Mm -hmm. your you know finding a home for your work in what are some of the what is I, I, obviously yeah I Instagram mean, Instagram is obviously like 
the primary way that I'm sharing my work right now. Uh, and I really want to change that this upcoming year because I'm very like frustrated with the platform. How so? As an artist. Yeah. Um, because like there's so many reasons that I could talk about this forever. Well, speak on it. Too, cause yeah. Because I, 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 you know, I fancy myself a very faux photographer and mm-hmm. Instagram has allowed me and probably like millions of people to like think that they and their camera can like make some hot shit. I yeah. really just document graffiti and street art and that's. I'm I'm, a, I'm just a fan of yeah. of, of the documentation, mm-hmm. but you are someone who is putting up, you know, these very beautifully curated, detailed, mean, meticulously detailed photographs that you, I imagine, make elsewhere and then mm-hmm. transfer over to this platform that is a populist platform. Yeah. So yeah. So why why are you frustrated with it? Like I woke up this morning at four a.m. You know, started editing my photo edit it all day long like i i just i get up and i start making my way you normally get up at 4 a.m um lately i've been getting up pretty early yeah like my sleep schedule is just wild like sometimes i stay up all night working and sometimes i go to bed really early and then get up and just like start working (laughs) um but you know i work all day and i post my work online and then just the algorithm sometimes um work against me so much um and don't really push my work out there to the people that want to see my work so that's like the frustrating part because like as an artist all i want is for people to see my work that's it like not getting enough likes or whatever like that obviously affects everyone emotionally but you know also it affects me in my career because if people aren't seeing my work like how am i gonna do this you know because this is the primary way of showing my work um and then other than that like you know, I have a problem with, like, the design of Instagram. I have a problem with the creators of Instagram. A lot of the creators of, you know, different types of social platforms have, in, you know, done so many things to really harm their users intentionally to get them addicted to this platform, to get them hooked on the validation, on the likes, on the endless scrolling, on the, the numbers, all of these things are design tools that are used to fuck with you, to fuck with your head and get you addicted to this. So that's our culture right yeah, now, that's right? Our in a lot of ways. Yeah, like that's just where we are at yeah. as a society. Yeah. Where we I mean I, I just took some of these um, platforms off my phone in yeah, order it's to Yeah. In order to just gain a little bit of uh, clarity, <laughs> space, control, yeah. right? And and you know, too often, mm-hmm. I you know, one of the things I've tried to re up on is my own reading patterns. You know, mm-hmm. and and I've been a very serious reader throughout the majority of my life. But I think once I had all of this shit on my smartphone, so called smartphone, which makes yeah. me dumber <laughs> by the moment. You know, like yeah. it, it, like I've I've I feel like I've needed to take some of those joints off. Mm-hmm. You know, because I I need the yeah. I need the headspace. I, I need... delete Instagram like all the time, without yeah. telling anyone. Like yeah. I just delete it because right. I need it. Yeah. But at the same time, for you, right? I mean, someone who is you know still relatively young, absolutely. Someone who is has a a very a, 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 like rapidly growing fan base. I mean, you're getting love yes yeah yeah definitely right yeah i'm so thankful and appreciative of all the love um i want to i want to i'm curious about like the body of work that is i don't know if it's most recent on your ig but Mm -hmm. you've been getting a decent amount of attention for it these series of portraits uh that have i I just saw them somewhere it's essentially you're kind of 
queering the lens, queering the frame. Um, and I, I mean that in the sense of, of uh, the, the most progressive, my most progressive understanding of queer theory is that, you know, you're challenging whatever is the head of a norm. Mm-hmm. And who you're choosing to put in the frame is kind of uh, certainly doing some of that work. If you could talk about about that recent-ish body of work, am I? Am I? Um, are you talking about the home we carry? Or uh, Kaina was in one of these. Kaina, yeah, yeah, yeah. So and, that- and and and, uh, and pigeon, and there yeah. were other folks who were in this 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 uh, body of work. Mm-hmm. What what is that project? Uh, yeah, so that project actually um, was kind of done in collaboration with uh, Red Bull. Uh, they approached me for their Red Bull Music Festival as like an extension. They wanted to give me a space. And um, I thought, you know, since I'm a visual artist, like, it'd be really cool to get a bunch of creative people from Chicago and collaborate on, like, a photo series. Um, so, you know, it wasn't my intention to make anything um, queer or anything. But, like, I'm queer, so, like, I guess my work ends up being that way. Um, but... Yeah, like that was just a a fun project that I'm probably going to be working on for a few years. Yeah, how so? Yeah. Um just taking more photos of different people and expanding. And is uh, that has that the project itself too? But has that uh changed the way you think about your work at all? Um not really. Mm-hmm. I like I shoot a lot of people and I always have shot a lot of people. I think for me, it's like I intentionally like to shoot myself. And I think sometimes people think that's like not photography or not as serious or it's narcissistic or whatever. But I tend to push against that and like really challenge other people's perception of like their work. Um, You know, everything you make is a self-portrait. Everything you do is a reflection of yourself. Um, and if you don't think so, then you're lying to yourself. <laughs> That's a bar. So, yeah. 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 Well, I, I've also thought that there is something about this obsession with the self that can be actually, but but it could also be very powerful mm-hmm. uh, given, I think, some of the things you, you know, mentioned earlier about, you know, if you feel alone, if you feel different than, you know, your immediate surroundings your peers Mm -hmm. uh you know people use the selfie as a form of Mm self-care um and so you know i don't know if that is part of the reason why um you know like it my selfies and my self-portraits are like blurred at this point for me like every photo is just so charged with like different energy like sometimes it's a reflection of myself sometimes it's me feeling good sometimes it's literally me creating characters out of my body and using my body as a tool um, to make versions of me that aren't really necessarily supposed to be me. So, like, it, it's hard to, like, just kind of box the type of self-portraiture even within one thing because I use it for, like, different ways. Absolutely. Yeah. So, can we talk a little about the creative process? Mm-hmm. Um, are you are you doing other things right now, first and foremost? Do you have other yeah. gigs? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. um, I, I'm going to be working on a big, like, uh, music video film so that'll be pretty exciting. Um, and yeah, like I'm just always taking photos. So <laughs> there's right. always new projects coming. And so just on a, on a day-to-day basis, what yeah. does what what the creative process look like for you? Um, get up, panic. <laughs> panic? Why? panic? Why? Because I have to make my photo. So I'm like, I'm always Do you like, make a photo a day? That, yeah, you make a photo that's a my day. goal right now. Okay. I've been trying to make a photo every single day, no matter what. Mm-hmm. 
I like that. Yeah. I like that. Okay, so you panic, you freak <laughs> I out. I freak out, yeah. And then because I, you're like, what the fuck am I going to shoot? What is it going to be? Yeah, various reasons, but yeah, pretty much. Just, okay. And just, then once you yeah. get that out of your system, yeah, what happens? I post my photo. Oh, so you... <laughs> I, feel, I post my photo. I feel like there are many steps. And then I start my day. No. Um, <laughs> no. Um, I don't know. It's There's not like one specific way that I work. Like I feel like it just kind of depends on my mood, you know? And what tools do you... Are um, you utilizing? My days? phone, my camera, my tripod. I have two lights I use. Um, and my laptop. That's it. And my tablet. So and you do you use all of those as a lens? Hmm. Yeah, I guess so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I feel like my photos don't really come to life until I put them on my computer and edit them. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, like yeah, that's a lens. And what what uh, what camera? Um, a D seven thousand. Wait, D eight hundred. D eight hundred. I forgot my camera. <laughs> yeah, D eight hundred. Um, it's time for an upgrade, but okay. It works. That's what's up. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So, you know, we are we are uh, just in the beginning of a new year. Mm-hmm. And what are some of the, you mentioned the video. Yeah. Uh, what are some other bodies of work that you are excited about, thinking about, doing, working on, already in the midst of, can be seen in this, uh, this coming year? I can't talk about it. Okay. All right. <laughs> You'll see. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm going to be working with some cool brands, some cool musicians, and just more pro- personal projects. My goal is to get myself into a studio so I can just, like, amp up my process, my practice, um, and really just grow. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. And, yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm excited about uh, the the, it, the personal work. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, f- you know, first and foremost, because I think that's what attracts the brands. That's what attracts mm-hmm. the musicians. That's, you know, once you do your work as an artist – everything else will come yeah so how do you stay motivated on a day-to-day basis other than panicking uh (laughs) to to do the work of of making each day because that's that's something that's very hard to do yeah i have a lot of breakdowns um and that that crying helps like i think crying is very like therapeutic um i think you're right yeah i like writing i like drawing i like engaging myself in other art forms because i don't take them as seriously sometimes so like it kind of relaxes me to just kind of doodle a little bit. Um, I like going out for walks, just spending time in nature. I think nature is always going to be, like, my biggest source of inspiration. So just being outside, like, reminds me I'm a human. And then nothing's that serious. I'm tiny, and everything I'm doing is just for fun. So there's no point in, you know, freaking out about anything. <laughs> being a uh, Chicagoan in nature can mm-hmm. sometimes be difficult. Yeah. Um, although there is... You really can't a, find it. <laughs> but, but, there, but there is also like it's an it. abundance. It's it is it. there. It's there. I look for it. I find it and no one else is ever there. Right. It's just me and my camera and this guy. <laughs> <laughs> so so where I, – I, and I don't want you to give your most intimate spaces mm-hmm. if you don't want other mugs there. But like yeah. <laughs> like what are some of the spots that you find yourself in or where um, you find solace out in the city being someone yeah. who – you know, nature is so much a part of, of, of what yeah. you need. Yeah. Yeah. I would say my favorite spot – um, year round is northerly island and i love like the idea that it's this like man-made island that is just being reclaimed by what chicago originally would look like so when i'm there it kind of gives me an idea of like what all this land used to look like before it was colonized you know before all these huge buildings were here it's just 
a great space because you can see all the birds, all the natural wildlife. It's just really nice and inspiring. And I take a lot of my photos there. Mm. Yeah. It used to be Meg's Field, right? You know that story when Daly I, like took it over in the middle of the it was night. An airport. Yeah, it was an airport. Yeah, yeah it was used to be Meg's Field and, and yeah. um you know, the younger of the daily, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kings, I guess, like mm-hmm. a, in the middle of the night, you know, close, shut down the airport, X'd out the space and yeah, it became this, <laughs> this I kind of like faux natural habitat. Right? Yeah. 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 Um, Someday it'll be a forest. Hopefully. Right. Yeah. There's baby trees all over. Hey, right. Yeah. Which, yeah. Which yeah. Would be, and, and it's interesting. I mean, because we have shifted uh the taste of the country from you know suburbia back to um urban space and there's more people in you know cities than there ever have ever been in some ways in this country um to think about what the future of the cities will be and hopefully it will be more green space yeah hopefully but we need it to be in order to survive probably yeah to survive to heal (laughs) to thrive Yeah. yeah yeah so your your practice is seems to be somewhat in the service of also self-care i wonder what other things you do to maintain um your your head you know Mm -hmm. to and your heart you know what are some of the other things that you do for yourself in order to be able to make on a on a regular basis and give in that way you know because that giving is you know you expose yourself you know um so what are some of the other things that you do to take care of yourself um I like playing video games. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. What, what video games you play? Um, I really enjoy playing my Switch. Okay. Um, so I like playing Zelda and just like Mario games, like cute games that, you know, I can escape in. That's really like just in between editing like or whatever. If I get like overwhelmed, like I'll just take on my Switch, play a little bit, de-stress. Um, and also just like talking to the people that like my work helps me understand what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. You know, talking to like younger folks who feel lost and who feel confused and, you know, they're like poor and brown and feel like they can't make art. Like having those conversations um, with those people like really gets me going and like makes me feel like, okay, like this is important. I need to keep doing this and I need to keep like, yeah, I just need to keep making these things, even if it feels like what's the point sometimes it's like no there's there's power in this you know i'm helping a lot of young women a lot of young brown women a lot of young guatemalan women <laughs> yeah facts is it, it do you think about audience when you create yeah. yeah and is that who you're primarily trying to communicate with um i think like i don't even have a choice like i just that's just who is attracted to my work so yeah well, I'm I'm not a uh, young Guatemalan woman. No, but I mean, I, 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 I have all types of people of that course. follow yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah so it's, it's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think that that is powerful, right? Mm-hmm. Like representation is a yeah. real thing. Talking to people where it's like, okay, this was me like a few yeah. years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And do you ever think about teaching or anything? I mean, because you teach yeah. in, in those conversations you're teaching. But do you yeah, ever think I would, about I would love to teach more uh, photography classes to like youth and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But... Um, well, it's, it's very exciting, the work you do. Uh, you would mentioned painting and, and things like this. Some of that appears in, in the photos themselves, mm-hmm. right? So it's yeah. almost a mixed media. Yeah, definitely. Right? Um, more of that in the future? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Good, good, more good. More illustrations. All right, exciting. And uh, where where can people find your work on the internets? 
Yeah, so Instagram at Glenda Lissette. It's two S's and two T's. Um, and then I also have a YouTube channel and I upload like vlogs and lookbooks, that kind of thing. Um, and some photo stuff too. Um, and then I also have a Twitter. So that's pretty much it, yeah. And what, what, what is it on Twitter? It's at Glenda underscore i don't even know my twitter you know what i'm not even gonna say it. okay yeah not nah, yeah you but can IG. probably search my name and okay i'll show up bet, yeah. bet. um and on the youtube that's a, that's a space for your video work yeah okay mm-hmm. and what what can people expect to find and look forward to finding on on there on on the youtube page uh more like style um thrifting tips um more like about my life i guess like my my everyday life <laughs> yeah right just you kind of do just it fun all. Stuff. You, yeah, 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 yeah. He makes the music. Chris Finale sitting right next to me. Uh, he's a filmmaker, but he makes all the music for my lookbooks. So like, you know, original scores on all the little films, which is pretty cool. Bet. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, it's it's great having you in the corner you. store, and so uh, you know, we are we are big fans of your work. I know Tara wanted to be here, but also is a, yeah, a giant cool. fan of your work. <laughs> and uh, you know, thanks so much for rocking. Yeah. Thank you. Yo, we want to thank DJ Exist for the beat. Langston Olsen for the art. Big ups, Todd Manley at WGN Radio. And Max and Dami, the corner store interns. Salutes to our super producer, DJ Cash Era. You can keep in tune with the corner store at cornerstore underscore pod on Instagram, Twitter, and SoundCloud. Also, you can stream and download the corner store wherever you listen to podcasts. And please rate and subscribe and comment on iTunes. Please, y'all, consider giving us those five stars. Thank you for listening. We're going to see you next week. The Corner Store is brought to you by Stolen Spirits.